Hey there, and welcome back to the Kid Lotus Hour. This is episode seven featuring Dalton Grenier. I'm so glad that you're listening. Uh, and, and if you've been following along on Instagram, you might have been expecting all four of us. Uh, but unfortunately, Matt and George weren't feeling well this week. Um, but, but don't worry too much. Uh, George went and he got, a, he got a COVID test and it came back negative. So um, that might be a HIPAA violation for me to tell you, but he's safe and sound, guys. You don't have to worry. We're all one big happy family. Um, but in the meantime, Dalton and I felt well. We hadn't seen George and Matt for over a week. Uh, you know, we weren't showing any symptoms. So we hopped on the mic. You know, we're talking, talking about Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, some MMA boxing stuff. We're talking about dietetics. We're talking about being committed uh, to c- consistent progress and, and uh, McDonald's armies. You know, all sorts of crazy stuff. Check out the timestamps below. Check out the description, Spotify and Apple podcast uh, so that you can navigate the episode to find the topics that you're most interested in. Uh, but without further ado, I also wanted to add that you know, this, this Friday we're releasing Tundra. Um, if you want to pre-save that song, go over to our Instagram at kid computer or, or mine at kid double underscore Christian um, and hit that pre-save button. That'll take you to a screen where you can either go through Spotify or your email address and uh, sign up to, uh, to pre-save that song. And that also enters you into win a, a passion long sleeve, a, a drawing that we're going to do on Sunday. We're going to announce the winners then. Uh, and the passion long sleeve, we had printed earlier this year. Uh, we didn't get to bring it to shows because of COVID. That's okay. Uh, but it features a brand new logo, a brand new kid computer logo that George designed that looks sick. So you, you might go check that out. We got some pictures up on the stories. Um, but yeah, and you might as well follow us while you're there too. You know, why not? Why not? But, but yeah, without further ado, here is an episode featuring one of my best friends, Dalton Grenier, a, a man of many talents, uh, a, a man who loves to climb mountains and, and, and groove and, and, and a man with a huge heart and, and an amazing dedication to his personal health, uh, to, to committed to consistent progress, as I said earlier. Uh, so please enjoy the episode. Uh, we enjoy making them for you. And, and uh, we've got one more episode coming out this year, too, featuring Kate Cosentino, and that'll be coming out next week. Uh, but until then, uh, enjoy episode 007. Take care. All right, we're going. All right, sweet. Yeah. Christian, how are you? It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. Yeah. We were supposed to have Matt and George here today. We're supposed to have everyone, but it's just dangerous with COVID and yeah. got George feeling under the weather. Matt said he had a, a had a fever a few days ago, I guess. Mm. So, wow. um, and like, it was like 99. Okay. I don't really Still, know if yeah, I think anytime you start to get over like 98, your body's kind of like, okay, I'm not feeling the best. It's good to take precaution. Best be safe than sorry. Yeah, definitely. I mean... It, yeah, it's disappointing because we were, we were supposed to talk about like the whole year and like try and provide some sort of recap before this new single comes out. But mm-hmm. um, I I want them to be safe first and foremost, more than anything. Yeah, you know, so, absolutely. And that's that's also why we're not going to have any video today because normally George is in charge of that. Mm-hmm. It's got a little fancy stand, and I don't have one of those, so I don't know how to rig it up so that you can see us. Right. <laughs> so we're just covert here in my kitchen. Well, hey better than nothing i'm i'm glad to be here it's good to be back at lawrence again uh i haven't been to christian's new house yet so it's quite an experience very lovely lots of plants lots of plants yeah yeah, reminds me really popular since covid hit yeah well i think it's good you want to be oxygenated (laughs) yeah yeah between um like alcohol spiking like 60 percent and plant sales i mean you know that's crazy have plant sales really like gone up yeah oh yeah totally like with my new job trying to talk to like um merchants who are gonna have longevity through this economic recession uh i'm targeting a lot of service-based businesses and businesses like like liquor stores too liquor Mm -hmm. stores and and flower shops people are just addicted to those right now so wow you know i'm hoping to not go back on unemployment um yeah just because i'm almost out of it right yeah that uh that would be the unemployment this year i know a couple of my other friends have been affected as well and um, some family members too and it's just It'll be nice once we can bounce back a little bit. Job stability can balance out. Hopefully, we can start getting um, some more opportunities. That would be nice. I just started back at FedEx, as you know, so that's been kind of fun. And it's just yeah, taking it day by day. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, there's been talks about another a stimulus package coming out, mm-hmm. one that's got a little bit more bipartisan support, something like nine hundred billion dollars. Wow. But it's only talks right now because 
Mitch McConnell is really uh, a dedicated Republican and Republican politics are don't give any ground. Don't concede anything. Even if it might be in the best interests of uh, someone other than yourself, which I think, yeah, politics, I think this year has just gotten to a selfish battle. Kids in the sandbox esque type, um, you know, battle between people. And that's it's frustrating to see, especially when there are a lot of people I know who need it. Friends and family who could very much benefit from something like that, who have been out of work and disappointing but i hope that they can reach some resolve soon yeah for everyone's sake yeah yeah absolutely and you know there's a lot of like rank and file republicans that are even reaching across uh you know party lines right now to Mm -hmm. to try to find something that makes this work but right it's difficult when you've got someone like mitch mcconnell has such a strong hold on the republican party leading them and telling you know saying that he wants to see a bill passed that doesn't have any room for federal aid to, right. to, to us. And that is a deal breaker for most Democrats. So if we're not going to reach some sort of conclusion and people are desperately needing money, then we should prepare for even worse economic recession, even if the, the vaccines roll out in April. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like preparing for the worst, hope for the best. Um, Cause it seems like we're, we're not getting uh, too much headway on that front, especially with the stimulus talk. Yeah, no, I know yeah. it's, it's tough, but like you said, it's like kids playing in a sandbox. <laughs> yeah, uh, effectively. Yeah. seems like that some days. Did but, you see uh, that, uh, that Logan Paul is going to fight Floyd Mayweather and that's confirmed. I did. I saw that. Um, I think I might've found out through Snapchat, which, you know, I try not to, uh, that's where I get all my news. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah. try not to put too much stock into, uh, what I'm scrolling in on like the about page, but I did see that. And that was something I definitely had to look into. I didn't quite believe it. Uh, my family and I had even started to talk oh, about really? it. My dad is uh, very much in favor of Mayweather, <laughs> and I would have to say that with Logan Paul's track record and uh, one fight, uh, one fight win, I think. Oh no, sorry, the KSI fight ended in a tie, I believe. Yeah, two two fights, one okay. lost, but neither won by Logan right. Paul. So not the best record going into what is Mayweather's record? Like, is it fifty four and zero or fifty three and zero? Yeah, after 54, McGregor, 54, 55 and yeah. or something. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I think we obviously know who's going to win. I mean, that's the cool thing about 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 what Logan Paul did, because I think that he's actually a winner in this situation from the get go. The fact that there is contracts that were signed and that oh, yeah, he's getting this fight. Yeah. The it's, only one who stands to lose from this is Floyd if he can't knock him out. Right. Precisely. That's that's what my dad had mentioned. He's like, well, either way, they're both going to get money from this. So it's kind of a win. Even if half that money goes to paying Logan Paul's medical bills. Yeah. It's still some sort of a profit in his pocket. So I would agree. I'll definitely buy a T-shirt of Logan Paul laying on the ground. Yes. Knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. I, I would buy like a flag and hang that on my roof of my house. That would just be that would make I think that would make my year a little bit. Uh, that could turn it around a bit. Oh, yeah. No, the merch sales are going to go through the roof from this. I have no problem giving Logan Paul my money if that's what it's for. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, out of all of the scandals and past uh, misdoings that Mr. Logan Paul has been involved with, that would be the icing on the cake. Do you know how much they're getting paid for this? I haven't seen anything. I have not a single clue. I haven't even seen any like talk about figures. I don't really know. I know they just got contracts established and they're trying to like get some sort of press runs established, but I don't know about money. It would be interesting to see. I'm very curious to see how much they both stand to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just imagining that I really hope that Logan gets at least one good punch in. Yeah. You know, like Floyd's just thinking about what he's going to do with all the, all the prize money and he just gets distracted for one second and they just lands a really good sucker punch. And I don't know, that would be crazy if he got knocked out. Right. Because, you know, on the other side of that coin, there could be just a crazy circumstance. All it really takes is one lucky punch, one chance, you know, to kind of get it in there. And if that happens, that could really, that could really turn some heads, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Have you ever gotten in a fight? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, you know, I've never gotten into a, like an extreme fist fight. I was always pretty non-confrontational in like middle school and high school. But I remember in high school, um, I got into a fight with, there was a kid that was, I didn't really like him. He, we didn't quite get along. We had some personality issues and we were in the band room and push came to shove. And I, I was so close to really just kind of punching him. Like I wanted to give him a nice haymaker, but I knew that my mother would be very, very upset at me if I did. So I refrained, 
But there's only been one time I've gotten a good punch on somebody, and that was the bus bully in elementary school. And uh, Ooh, yeah, that's was, classic. He was horsing around, and he was always kind of the, that kid that you know would make fun of you and anybody, couldn't leave anybody alone. And I remember enough was enough. I had to stand up to the bully, and I did. And I got sent to the office the next day. And I remember sitting in the office, and the principal came up to me, and he was like, Now, Dalton, I know that you've gotten a fight on the bus. I'm not going to call your parents. Nice. This kid had been kind of a problem kid before, so it wasn't his first time in the principal's office either. But uh, he was like, uh, you can just hang out in here today. We're going to talk about you know, some of the things that this particular kid has been doing. And I remember we sat, he bought me Subway, and we played board games for the rest of the day. And it was cool. It was like justice was served. <laughs> yeah, wow. That is, that would stick with me forever. I mean, yeah, because... I, I've been in fights before where there's like been like it's in school mm-hmm. and you have to get the police involved and there has to be a report filed. And I don't know, maybe that was mm-hmm. just the way that they did it uh, in, in my district. Right. But that's actually constructive to building like a mint, mm-hmm. you know, I remember him and I, we like our relationship, the, the other kid that I got in the fight with, it started to get better after that. It was kind of like nice. we had formed this respect of like, OK, someone had stood up to him. And it was like that textbook case of, you know, every kid wants to be a hero. It didn't feel like that. I'm definitely um, over-exaggerating in some some bits. But uh, yeah, it felt good. I've never quite been in a fight like that. Although I know you have mentioned that you have. And I would like to hear about what is an instance that like the things, how heated have things gotten for you like in a fight? Has it gotten to the point where you're just like, you know, where you're like, all right, this is going to happen regardless. I've always been able to shut that down where I'm like, okay, just chill out, walk away. But sometimes you can't turn it off. Yeah. Sometimes you can't, but yeah, you're right. There's like a feeling when you're, when someone's trying to push you, mm-hmm. cause I've never instigated a fight. I should say, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's always been in self-defense. That's, that's how I was taught since I began studying martial arts when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a moment where you're like, God damn it. Like, do I react? Like, and then if they take the first step, which was the case, um, in middle school for me, where there was a police report, uh, filed, Mm -hmm. um, there were two guys and it was during a, uh, a school show, like for theater, Mm -hmm. I was working, uh, the tech side of it. And I don't know why they decided to pick on me, but, uh, they said something and I said something back and I was just trying to walk it off. But then another one came up from behind and pushed me. And so I stood up and then the other one got on top of me. So then it was a matter of me having to get two guys off of me, yeah. which didn't take much time because they had no idea that I had a background in martial arts, mm-hmm. um, which I don't want to get sidetracked, but I got, that reminded me of something, but, uh, <laughs> But the, the, the best part about that was, um, it was over pretty quickly. I was able to get them off of me and I landed a few punches to basically scare them. And then Mm. the videotape caught all of it, all the security cameras. Ah, Okay. So you had some footage to kind of back up, back yourself up. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it was a really easy case. I didn't have any, um, problems, you know, getting an apology from them. They got their Miranda rights read to them. Oh, that's, yeah. That's how you know it's real. Right. And I didn't necessarily want to take steps to get the police involved. Like I would rather deal with all confrontation on the most local level possible. Right. And just person to person. Uh, but once the parents hear about it and then the school hears about it and mm-hmm. they, they have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets all riled up and then it's kind of an ordeal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just crazy to me how quickly people turn to violence because um, this is what I was reminded of. I was, I was out cold calling the other day with my new job and Part of what my job entails is to get face to face with the business owners. And so sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not, but you have to be willing to look everywhere at a business for them. I walked into a liquor store, got, no one was up in the front. I checked in the little stock room that was next to the entrance. No one was in there either. Walk through the aisles, still no one. So I start walking towards the back office. I, I was intending to simply knock on the door. Uh, but in so doing, I had missed that the owner had come back in from another entrance and he saw me about to knock on the door of his office. And I suppose his office is often a little bit of an alcove that might not be a place where any consumer should be walking. Okay. And so he immediately got violent with me and was like, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, what do you think, uh, you're doing going back there? And I'm like, Hey, 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 hey. whoa, I just joined this new company. I'm out just trying to network, meet the local business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wouldn't even ask how you're doing right now because I can tell you're riled up. And then he, can, he, he, he proceeded to say, like, you better, like, watch yourself before you ever walk back. Like, if you want to talk to a business owner, you better wait at the front. And, yeah, there's definitely some, um, definitely some logic in that. But, you know, yeah. I have to respect my time. I have to be quick. And the fact that he went straight to violence, I, I told him, hey, man, you don't know my background in martial arts. Why don't I save you the embarrassment? I'm out of here. Right. And I walked out. Um, oh, man, I was just about to ask, did you make the sale? <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. I, I, I always walk in with the optimism that this is going to happen and this is a perfect fit. And then mm-hmm. as soon as I notice that it's not, you know, I lose interest. It is interesting to me when you're in that situation and people, you know, spout off the very first interaction is just very aggressive. And um, it's, it's hard to turn that around to like what you're going to do, which is effectively pitch them. Um, something where you're, you know, it, most people aren't down with that anyways. Right. They don't want an ad being read to them. There's a lot exactly. of resistance to someone even coming up and trying to sell you something because it seems predatory. You're like, mm-hmm. it, it almost seems like you're begging because you have right. to get on their level, but you also don't want to lose your integrity and you want, you want to make sure that you assert yourself also as an authority, because if you, if you put yourself too far below them, then you'll never be taken seriously. You have to make yeah, yourself course. equal. Well, in that, that case too, you want to make sure that you're safe because you yes. don't know what's going to happen. Um, and there's just too many variables to control. And sometimes it's best to just leave it like it is. So I'm proud of you for getting out of there. I don't know what, Thank you. I, I think I might've, I feel like now that I'm older uh, and I have a little bit more perspective on something like that, when people are more apt to get angry, I can kind of diffuse the situation. But uh, yeah, some people you just can't, can't reason with. It's just better to get out of there. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just a matter of getting out of there and just got to keep moving but mm-hmm. it's also tough too because when someone treats you that way like it shakes you whether no matter how tough you are like you're just like god fucking damn it didn't see that coming yeah the adrenaline spikes and it's just such an unexpected interaction you're like oh your brain kind of freezes up and you're like hold on like it's like buffering you know, like you get the buffering circle in your brain and you snap back into reality and you're like oh okay i have um how do i deal with this do i run <laughs> do i talk to him do i get mad i want to get mad And then your brain's like, don't get mad. (laughs) And it's, you know, everyone gets embarrassed. And I shouldn't say everyone. Most people I know get embarrassed by that buffering time Mm -hmm. where even if it's just in like a conversation, Mm -hmm. there's like three seconds of silence and everyone's like, that's so awkward. How do I, how do I process that? Yeah. But you know, it's so important to just take a second to reflect before you react. Yeah, of course. I mean, sometimes you you just got to go, you got to react and it's fight or flight. But Mm -hmm. if you do have the space to take a breath and reflect, odds are no one's going to notice. Yeah. I I read this thing the other day that said, um, you know, when you're in a conversation and you're obsessing over whether someone is like analyzing you or judging you, you should just pitch it all up to the fact that they're probably not. And even if they are the, the longest on average, people think about you doing something that was awkward is three seconds. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So like what you might be, what you might be like, uh, punishing yourself over for mm-hmm. like something that happened six years ago. Right. Odds are no one has thought about it past the, the first three seconds since it happened. Huh? That is interesting. Cause I know, um, being an anxious person, typically before I had a handle on that, I would be like the same way. I would definitely get in my own head and be like, Oh man, I hope this interaction doesn't go poorly. And, uh, you know, you just kind of get stuck in your own thoughts for a minute and that process time takes longer. And then you're like, Oh, well, they probably know that I'm, I'm being weird right now. I don't want to be weird. And that's exacerbated. There's so many times where I've just smoked a joint and there's like, Oh wow. Uh, yeah, especially (laughs) if, if I've just smoked, I'm like, uh that's what i loved man there's anything i can say about hanging out with these guys for as long as that i was a part of the the band um it was some of the funnest times that we ever had were just to be completely stoned making music and then there would just be lulls sometimes where we would just check out and we would all be good about checking each other back in and i miss that (laughs) yeah because it's natural that i miss it too Mm -hmm. i miss it a lot i i wish i wish the full um version of that could come back where mm-hmm. there was still live venues, uh, and yeah. it was okay to play. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. You can get in your head too much. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like being at, um, like at a stoplight or something. I, yeah. I feel like everyone's watching me at a stoplight mm-hmm. when really no one is right. Well, and that's the thing to bring it back where you said, where you're in that situation where someone's going to be aggressive, you got to process it and it's better to process it than react, especially, you know, with today, you don't want to 
you don't want to put yourself into a really bad situation where, especially when you're representing a company and you're trying to do something where you're selling a product and then those people know who you are, or even if they don't know who you are, you want to try to put your best foot forward. So, oh yeah, I people talk, that, dude. you know, and yeah. social media and everything. I mean, all every, whether it's business owners, whether it's consumers, whether it's just like little Facebook groups, they're all connected and they're always talking. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, even if that weren't the case, you should just be nice to people. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's not too much to ask. That's like sentiment of the year. Yeah. Right there. Just be nice <laughs> just, to people. Just be guys. nice. Just yeah. try just for once. I am excited. Hopefully we can do a bit of a recap once the Logan Paul fight comes out. That would be really fun to do. We should even watch it. If that's uh, that's a thing. I'm so down. I'm so down. Yeah. (laughs) That would be, um, I I don't know. I, I watched a bit of the highlights from Jake Paul and Nate Robinson's fight, which to my surprise went. Jake Paul won that right? Well, yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't keep up. Jake Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul. Um, one against Nate Robinson. And that was a big, big to do. I don't keep up with boxing. I won't pretend like I do. I'm merely just uh, regurgitating what I, I've seen on the news. Um, but from the highlight reels, he looked like a decent boxer, in my opinion. Yeah. So I would be excited to see what Logan can do, especially if he thinks he's confident enough to take it up against Mayweather. That'll be, that'll be a good fight. I just can't believe it's boxing that they're doing. Mm hmm. It'd be kind of interesting if it were something MMA. Yeah. I really want to see more MMA. I've been getting into MMA a little bit more recently and um, it would just be, I don't know. I think that's, there's, it's more full contact. So you kind of have more avenues to uh, for striking and um, ground position and stuff like that. And it would be cool. There's some really good boxers that I think would also make really great MMA fighters. And sometimes it's not the case with most people, especially in Floyd's case where he's, he's in his forties, I believe. So he's getting up there in age, yeah. but it would be interesting to see that. I really wanted to see Conor McGregor and Mayweather duke it out in an MMA style. Yeah. Because that would be pretty crazy. That would be, I feel like Conor McGregor would have the upper hand there. Mm-hmm. Just having his background and grappling, uh, jujitsu and, and, and wrestling. And, and even, I could make that argument even for Logan Paul too. Mm-hmm. If there was an MMA fight, I think there'd be a lot less talk about how Logan's just going to get his ass beat. Right. Uh, but fuck dude, when it's boxing... I mean, yeah. you're coming up against Floyd Mayweather, you know, no I, one's going to be surprised when he knocks him out. Yeah, exactly. I do not want to, in my wildest dreams, imagine what it feels like to take a punch from that man. Oh God, no. That would be absolutely <laughs> I didn't terrible. Even about yeah, that. that would be like, I feel like that would be equivalent to a fridge being shot out of a cannon hitting your chest. That's probably what it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> I don't think I didn't have enough time to process that I got hit by him. Oh Yeah. It's so quick too. Where you're just like, how do you react in that situation? I've always been fascinated about fighters that they can just get wailed on and they're still making decisions. You know, decisions. I'm like, I would be, I'm a tough guy, but everybody thinks they're a tough guy. And when you take enough punches and kicks and shots to the rib and it's just like, there's some point where you're like, okay, I, I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah. It was Mike Tyson that said like, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Mm. Beautiful. Well said. Yeah, really well said. And doesn't he have a fight coming up? Uh, He did one with, uh, oh, who is it? Who is it? Uh, I'm blanking on the name. I I just watched the highlights. I don't follow this much either. Mm -hmm. It's so sensational to see like a a YouTube, uh, TikTok, Vine star Mm -hmm. go up against a a boxing champion who holds belts in five different uh, weight classes. Yeah, quite literally world class. Like, yeah. And I've followed Tyson. I think he's um, a bit of an inspiration, especially in his older years. He was definitely a loose cannon when he was younger. Had some. He's, he's lived a life. He's, oh, he's definitely lived a life. Um, but I believe it was the Rogan podcast that he was on previously. He's done two with him now. Um, they talked about his training regimen and recovery regimen and how he's had to adjust it, you know, being 50. Yeah. And uh, it's still crazy that he has the same mindset of when he was boxing in his younger years. And um, I know he said something that particularly scared the shit out of me, but he was like, uh, the gods have called upon me again. Whoa. And the way he says it, like, it, it, I don't, you know, take too much stock into, like, it's just something that someone feels compelled to say. Cool. But that, like, there was pure intention behind that. And it was like, you could tell how serious he felt about yeah. that. And it was like, oh, like this man is going to try to take over the world again. Like he did it once. He's going to do it again. And it doesn't matter if he's 20 or if he's 60, like he's going to do whatever it is that he wants to do. 
Yeah, I remember hearing something about how he would set his mind, you know, like his mindset, the way he would set his mind, so to mm-hmm. speak, um, as he would approach the ring and like every step getting closer and closer to like uh, envisioning himself knocking out his opponent mm-hmm. or reassuring himself that he trained longer and is stronger and is better no matter what anyone else is saying. Yeah. And it's just like there, there's science that could undermine what he's telling himself but he's not listening to it because it's a matter of building that self-confidence, almost like a mantra, yeah. you know, repeating that mantra, going into the fight, getting in that mindset. And it, it and the fact that it hasn't changed over the years speaks to how effective it was. Yeah, of course, dude. It, uh, it, he's definitely shown that whatever methods that he, he uses and utilizes, they worked for him. So if they work for him, they might work for others. I know he's been a pretty big uh, proponent of spreading you know, a lot of positivity and sharing his methods and things that he, he did his little pre pre fight rituals. So I, I love that. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Oh, totally. I, I always like to think, cause he's, he said something along the lines where if you're up, you know, early, he trains at like three or 4 AM, oh, uh, you're no up idea. before the competition. So you have that edge. And I'm like, well, I'm working at FedEx. I got to get up at 2 a.m. I, I clock in at 3. I'd like to think I've got a bit of an advantage over the next guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm up an hour before Mike Tyson, so let's get in the ring. I'm going right. to fucking show him who's real boss. Bro, I'm going to throw those boxes. I'm going to just punch. I'm telling you, there is not a move that I will not land on those boxes today. <laughs> oh my God. Unless it's the vaccines, then you got to be careful. Yes, yes. got to be very, very careful. Dude, okay. We were talking a little bit before we, we started about the vaccines, but... And I, I don't want to be a vessel of spreading misinformation. So mm-hmm. when I say this, I'm saying this because this is something I heard, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether it's true. Um, but my parents have been expressing how they don't want to take the vaccine mm-hmm. until they find one that doesn't use uh, baby parts. Hmm. So, you know, there was like this big controversy a year or so ago with Planned Parenthood recycling the the, the pieces of of fetuses that mm-hmm. were aborted. Apparently one of the companies, I don't know which one is using some of those body parts to generate a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. Huh. And honestly, I'm going to look it up right yeah. now. Yeah, you should. Because that's, that's not something I've, I've been aware of granted. Um, for a lot of people that don't, don't know me. Uh, I lately I've deleted most of my social media. I tend to stay off of things. Um, that I just, I, I feel like I'm, I live under a rock most days. So I get little glimpses of the news whenever I can I care to catch them. But, uh, the vaccine information is something that I haven't really kept up on as much. I just know that there are like four or five different companies that are manufacturing them. I did, however, know, um, previously about that Planned Parenthood, um, maybe you want to call it a debacle. It's quite a situation when it came out. Uh, but I know that stem cells are pretty easily derived from, um, fetuses. And I know that in stem cell research, that's a big factor and a key contributing factor to a lot of um, like stem cell regeneration. They use fetus parts, but I know it's widely, um, it's a wide controversy, but like, again, I don't want to spread misinformation. I'm just speculating on the things that I've heard and what I know. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's effective on a scientific mm-hmm. level that, you know, Again, this could be misinformation, so um, I don't feel that bad yeah, just warning. talking about uh, it. We because, are not scientists. <laughs> yeah, because we, we've, we've done this warning now, but like, let's talk about stuff that mm-hmm. might be politicizing a vaccine sure. that could be saving the planet or saving the human race. You know, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the elements that might be convincing large amounts of people to not take a vaccine and, and to, to act in a way that doesn't uh, help increase the, the, the public good. It right. isn't conducive yeah. to, to good. Yeah. Uh, but I just pulled Let's up this article in. here uh, called from the Irish Times, uh, and it's it's the title is this. This came out on December tenth, twenty twenty, which is three days ago, as of the time we're recording this. The title is "Morally Permissible for Catholics to Accept COVID nineteen Vaccine, which uses aborted fetal cells." This hmm. doesn't prove that the vaccines have uh, fetal cells, but what it is saying is that there's apparently a message from the Catholic Church saying that although abortions aren't aren't uh acceptable under catholic doctrine and although it would not otherwise be acceptable to engage in something that uses abortion in in its progress they're they're advocating that people buy into the vaccination program for the quote common good Hmm. 
this is interesting to me because when I was raised Catholic, uh, I was taught that if the ends are justifying the means, that's not grounds for acting in a way that isn't ethically permissible, mm-hmm. that they, they were strict legalists, you know, on principle, doesn't matter whether it's going to benefit a million people. If you're doing something that's not ethically permissible in the progress of trying to do good, you've already failed. Right. And here they are walking that back. It's so is, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Hey there. Terribly sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is Christian, but uh, not live with Dalton because my laptop just had a system overload, which means that it, it crashed in the middle of our conversation about Catholics and, and vaccines and little baby parts floating around in them. So um, enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, we're instead going to jump to when I figured out that my laptop was malfunctioning and, and corrected the mistake. Uh, so we're going to pretty much jump right back in to a conversation that Dalton and I were having about his two-year transformation and in which he lost several pounds and uh, in, in which he transformed his entire body. And, and so he's going to talk about, talk about that and, and speak to his commitment, his consistency, and his progress. So uh, my apologies for, for my laptop's malfunction, uh, but without further ado, back to your uh, regularly scheduled programming. That's when it comes to doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. And that was really hard, but the more I was consistent at getting in the gym or the more I was consistent about eating the right foods, I fell off many, many times. Like I did not, you know, I think that is the, that's the hardest part is being consistent. And when you can be consistent, you'll start to see results. And if you fall off the train, push yourself back on. Headspace, really good for keeping you accountable. Find something to keep you accountable. It's really hard to do by yourself, especially when you're not, you don't know what you don't know. So it's kind of hard to learn a new skill, keep yourself accountable and, you know, go about your daily life. Like I said, don't make it a chore, but yeah, find a way to keep yourself accountable because the consistency will ultimately bring you good results. And then it'll become second nature. You won't have to even work at it. If you get stressed, you'll be like, oh, I'll take 30 minutes today, meditate. And it won't, your brain just gets really used to that habit. So, yeah. And you'll surprise yourself too with uh, the fact that you can be consistent. If all of a sudden it sounds like I'm a little bit louder in the microphone right Mm -hmm. now, it's because somewhere along the line, my stupid old MacBook had a system overload. And I think we lost a lot of the conversation. Really? I'm sorry, bro. That's okay, dude. I think, no uh, worries. I think, yeah. I mean, we, we had, um, up until now, let's see, at least the first 30 minutes were, was for okay. sure captured, but, um, that's all right. But like, yeah, let, let's just keep going. I mean, yeah. on that same note, like, yeah, you lost a lot of weight and how long that took you like two years yeah just shy of about two years it was from 2017 i would say to really 20 20 the beginning of 2019 the end of 2017 into 2019 um it was a really tough year i was in college i didn't was in a great i wasn't in a great relationship and as most things happen you get into a space where you're very comfortable and uh, you just start neglecting your own needs and things that you know you probably should be doing yourself to keep yourself healthy. And uh, I moved in with a couple roommates and I just got the motivation to change. Started going to the gym by myself, which was very hard to do at first. It was not easy. Every, every fear I think most people have about going to the gym when you're you know large. I was 250 pounds at the time. And um, I get scared to go to the gym. I mean, right. It doesn't matter who you are. I think any I. I still get nervous to go and I've been there, you know, like I, right. I know what I'm doing and I get nervous. So it's, it's not easy, but it just takes some sort of motivation. And then when you can keep yourself accountable, it's, it starts to see, you start to see results. It shows within your work and it's very hard to stay accountable. And pain is a good motivator. Usually when something happens, you know, relationships, a breakup, there's a death in the family or, you know, something sparks that, that motivation for you. That's what it was for me. Pain is a really good motivator. And I just used, tried to use that to jumpstart myself back into a healthier life. And I now have to say that I've learned a lot of healthy habits that I don't let get out of control. That if I'm you know, teetering one way too far, I can get back on the, the horse, so to speak, and you know, go the other way. So it's all about consistency. I think that's one thing we forget in this. You know, if you, it's, not, it's okay to do something more than once. And to get a small routine going, especially working out, 
meditating, oh, yeah. healthy diet, anything like that's going to improve your quality of life. It's a pretty, I would say it's, a, it's an undisputable fact. There are probably plenty of people that would speak against it, but yeah, it's, it's just going to help you out. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make your, uh, there's so many, so many benefits. I can't even. And you can do it. You just yeah. have to start. Yeah. It's the hardest part is starting. Yeah. You, you can do, I, with any new challenge, I'll spend 40 hours probably before embarking on like a bigger adventure, like Googling, strategizing, going down the YouTube rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to feel like that is being productive because you're strategizing and there's certainly a place for strategizing, but you're not being, you're not actually taking that leap until you go and, you know, Shia LaBeouf, just do it. Exactly. Well said. I struggle with that a lot in music sometimes is, you know, it's good around. Definitely. And uh, I would always make my make my schedule and I would feel like I was really getting things done. And then when it came to doing the thing, I would do everything but that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a million to do lists and I've got to do lists for when I want to do to do lists. But if I ever try to actually accomplish them, the same anxieties bubble up and eventually you have to confront them and exactly. you have to get over them. And it you'll prove to yourself time and time again that you can if you just take that leap of faith. The more you're consistent with it, the more you will constantly like surprise yourself because you can do way more than you're, you believe you're capable of doing. And your mind is a lot stronger than you think, no matter where you're at, you can get out of a really, really, you can bring yourself back from some pretty crazy situations. And I've seen plenty of people that have been through traumas that I don't know if I could handle getting through and they've bounced back from it. And, you know, social disorders, anxiety disorders, like any sort of issues that I know is pretty common for a lot of people to be dealing with you can overcome them. And that self-confidence that you gain from making that decision and doing the thing, no matter how much your body resists you at first, it is so completely worth it to experience it. It's hard to maintain. You don't, you're not going to be a hundred percent all the time. Oh yeah. It, it is well worth it because you don't know how good it feels to be in a, you know, changed mindset and let's say a healthier mindset until you've done it. And sometimes you get so stuck in that day-to-day rut. doesn't feel like there's anything other than that. But believe me, if you're looking to change, if you're looking for any sort of, especially right now where it seems like it's very hard to do, if you are, you know, make the best out of what you have, because there's so much you can do with the tools around you and the things that you can make work, get creative. If you don't have a gym, find something around your house to live, you know, a, a gallon of milk or something like i i had plenty of home workouts where i would just improvise and like lift tools in my my garage and i had a support beam that i would do pull-ups on until i couldn't do pull-ups and you do push-ups you know and it's like just try to make it work and yeah exactly especially in, in a time when going to the gym is not very safe right you're like i follow this one guy on tiktok who i went to high school with and he's out in la now big tiktok famous he's mm-hmm. got an incredible body he's very fit and he does workout videos but he hasn't been able to be in the gym since march mm-hmm. he just got one kettlebell and he's keeping his physique he's doing it he's figuring out he's innovative and and he's just rising that exact same challenge that you're that you're talking about yeah and I mean, it, it will take, it would take years for me to achieve a body like that. But that just also speaks to what I was talking about in the beginning about those guys on discord, like the one who was talking about wanting to quit. It's like, you're not going to make an impact in a day, maybe not even in six months, but give it two years. Yeah. Give it two years. Like, like what you did. Yeah. And I mean, I, I talked to you at one point and then about two and a half years passed. And I was like, Hey, what's up? My name's Christian. You're like, I'm still Dalton. Like, I didn't know we had met. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, That's I so thought funny. it was a reintroduction because you were a new person. You looked entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I often forget about that because I, you know, my perspective comes from old pictures and things that I took during that time, but, um, you can do it and it, it shows. And one thing that always kind of, it, it made me feel good. I was always that bigger kid when I was young and I didn't have too much self-confidence. And then once I started working out and doing something, um, this could be applied to any other area. If you have, you know, you want to change something, it doesn't have to just be weight, but the self-confidence that you gain from doing something and following through with it, I can't express like, again, I probably said it four times, but I can't express how powerful that is because it was always nice to see people and them to not recognize you because you're like, wow, like I actually, you get a little bit of validation from that. Like I, my hard work paid off in a way. 
and not only for other people because I didn't do it for other people. I had to do it for myself because yeah. I was not healthy, but it's okay to feel good about yourself. And it, um, it is okay. <laughs> it is okay to feel good about yourself and it's, it's tough, but it can be done. And, uh, you're more than capable of doing it. Losing a hundred pounds, I have to say was one of the hardest things I've done, but like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done to this day. I think about it and that set me up for a lot of future successes and a lot of things that I didn't even have the brain space anymore to think about like anxieties and stresses that some people, you know, worry about on the daily. And it just, it changed my life. For a second before the pandemic hit, I think you were talking about maybe going back to school and studying exercise science or mm -hmm. something along those lines. Yeah, I wanted to go back and try to get into dietetics more. I was, I'm very passionate about food and I'm very passionate the about the kitchen the, side of, yeah, of changing your body. Exactly. And it's, it's a pretty wide field like dietetics. You can get into, you know, any, anywhere from the realm of medicine to, you know, making nutrition plans for people in nursing homes or working with people who have special dietary needs. Uh, it's a very vast field. It's one that's interested me a lot. I haven't followed through with it since the pandemic hit sure. school has, you know, plans like that have always, they've changed, seems like monthly for me, but, um, it was something I was passionate about. It's still something I am passionate about, which is nutrition, especially for people who are disenfranchised in areas where people don't have access to grocery stores, don't have access to, you know, fresh food. And that's, it just kind of boggles my mind, um, that I've met people and I used to, I was a product of this, of people who just grew up eating nothing but fast food and people who were you know, don't even know that cooking your own food is, you know, the way, like a way of life and yeah. can severely help your mood and, and change, you know, a lot of, of things about yourself. It can really improve your life. And, uh, yeah, that's one thing I was yeah, passionate about. You could be about. hitting the gym every single day, but if you're not putting in the work in the kitchen, you're losing out on like 80% of the benefits right. of living a healthier lifestyle. Right. And a lot of that is access to just education on it. Mm -hmm. The education that would be provided to you, like in studying dietetics, education that is definitely not being given to uh, disenfran disenfranchised communities, mm -hmm. which have historically been marginalized from having access to the, to the better resources, the yeah. ones that actually uplift and and increase your quality of life. Right. I just feel like of, I'm sure in the same industry of dietetics, there's the predatory diet pills and mm -hmm. the, the get slim quick, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> all of those horrible, uh, lies that are told to people that keep people from even, uh, engaging with someone who is a nutritional specialist. Yep. I feel like you, and you've said this before too, your body was your own experiment. Yeah. So I would trust a, a nutrition plan built by you more than some guy who's been jacked his whole life and has been, you know, certainly on the roids and, and doesn't actually see me as someone who, you know, see me as, as a body that could improve right. naturally. That's kind of you to say, that's really kind of you to say, I, there is a lot of, what do I want to say there? There's a lot of products and supplements out there that are marketed for that, you know, get slim quick theme or, you know, take the, the least route of resistance, yes. the least path of resistance. Uh, and it, it doesn't really make sense to me why we have an industry that is unregulated, at least in the United States, the FDA doesn't regulate supplements. Um, in Canada, they have supervision and they have a bit of an overhaul system where if they regulate their supplements, they have to meet certain guidelines. But in America, it's free game. It's pretty much a free market. So that's it's been the, I think the killer of nutrition, because when, when you talk about nutrition supplementation, a lot of people jump to that conclusion where they're like, Ooh, supplements, that's scary. Or, you know, you think of supplements like creatine or amino acids or, you know, any sort of like muscle supplement, there's always some connotation behind it. Well, that's for Jack dudes or people that, you know, have been working out forever and that's their lifestyle. And it's like, it seems very unattainable to get into, um, but it's not the case. This just takes a little bit of research and something, like you said, the education is the most important part. And it's not something you even really learn in primary school in America yeah. is how to have a good diet unless you took a foods class and you had a professor that was kind of passionate about nutrition and healthy eating. It's not something that you're typically taught, much like, you know, 
finances and how to handle your own taxes and things like that. The things that really, really matter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so we've got the Pythagorean theorem and that's all we need to be successful. Right. So damn it, if you don't know how to do geometry, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You got it. And you will never forget that. But you're not going to learn how to cook a good meal. Yeah. And it's, it's an industry that a lot of people have tried to exploit. But there are also a lot of reputable supplement companies and, and on the flip side of that coin, people that are desperately trying to help um, the common person achieve their goals of living a healthier life. I don't have too much experience with like supplementation, uh, but my body was my own science experiment at one point, And I tried a lot of things that I needed to find out if they worked for myself. And there are some things that worked, some things that didn't. Uh, I don't think I suffered any ill effects. I guess we'll see when I'm in my 60s and, <laughs> you know, we'll maybe try to get some some comparisons to how healthy I was when I was younger versus me being older. But I don't plan on, you know, divvying from the fitness path and health path that I'm on. Not to say that I don't eat Taco Bell and McDonald's every sure, once in a while. Sure, yeah, like you said, we human. Right. But it, uh, it's not as unattainable as people think. And... I think, it's not going to happen as quick as people think either. Yeah, it's it's a process. It's like learning a new skill. It's with anything. For learning to cook and learning to you know understand the difference between a complex carb and a simple carb and learning about your macronutrients and micronutrients and learning how to supplement for yourself and you know even going to achieve the proper tests that will tell you how your supplementation is looking naturally. Most insurances cover blood tests once a year. A lot of people don't know that. You can go get a blood test to look at your vitamin levels. Um, it will tell you pretty much anything you want to know, anything you want to ask for outside of like specialty tests that include, I think like testosterone checks and, you know, things that are outside of like the normal vitamin checks, white blood cell count, um, cholesterol, et cetera, really accessible to anybody. Um, even if you don't have insurance, it's pretty affordable. So that's one thing I wish people knew a little bit more about so they could keep up with their bodies to tie it back to the pandemic. One thing that stresses me out, and I know many people have talked about this already, is how we haven't talked about supplementation. We haven't talked about, you know, health orientation and what we should probably be differently doing differently with our diets to combat our to, to improve our immune systems and combat illnesses. Because there's a lot that you can do to, you know, give yourself an edge or a leg up on getting sick. You know, vitamin C, vitamin D. There's crazy crazy amounts of people that are deficient in vitamin d in the united states uh, more importantly in black communities and disenfranchised communities where you have a pigment pigmentation of your skin that is naturally fighting against you people don't know about i mean pe many people don't even know that like that's a, a problem and supplementing accordingly is very important and essential to living a healthy life and they have drastic effects on mood and you know xyz so we it's, don't place enough emphasis in this country on being proactive yeah. in, in, in our health and in, in the way that our uh, medical insurance is set up. I mean, you can say, I think it's like you can reduce medical expenses by uh, up to like 80% if you invest 20% more in uh, preventative medication. Getting people those annual checks, right. you know, um, whether it be with insurance or not with insurance, it's accessible. And it's, I mean, you, every six months you take your car in to get checked right you know and you make that a priority right why not make checking your own engine a priority you absolutely know? well said you could i don't think you could say that better it's it's such a it needs to be a priority right and then if anything hasn't told us that it's this pandemic fuck yeah that hey keep yourself healthy make sure you're on an even keel check you know how you're feeling is important and make sure that you're managing symptoms if you're feeling bad stay home from work uh, it's, it's something that I wish companies were more upfront about. I think we talked about that before we started the podcast where we were talking about the, uh, you know, problem with, it's almost like it was a norm before the virus to come to work sick, or it was very punishing and corporations kind of tossed that to the side where it was like, okay, you could, you should sacrifice your health. We have no compensation for you. If this, you know, unexpected occurrence were to hit you, you're still, expected to go to work and make money and for some people who get very sick that's not a, that's not an option and right it's not like bills stop being due you know rent doesn't stop having to be paid right and it i hope that one positive thing that can come after this is the fact that if you are sick don't come to work 
Because if you're sick, you have one person that is potentially sick that will miss a day. Okay, you're going to lose out on that day from that person, sure. But if that person comes to work and gets 10 other people sick, yep. that's a problem. And it's something that could have been avoided. And that happens. I mean, you hear it happen all the time. And so I think that's important to recognize and for people to be aware of that. Um, be aware of your own health. Be aware of your symptoms. Try to do what you can. And I know for some people it's not as easy, but if you have the means, buy, uh, use it. Just by all means, and I like it. that you bring up the way that like there is a, a top down incentive not to leave work mm-hmm. uh, when you're sick, because like, yeah, a year ago, that status quo, the way times were then, like it's easy for us to look back and be like, we were all being really selfish for not going into work. But like you're saying, like we were financially incentivized to still go to work because there was no safety net. Right. And like, like we were just talking before we got on, you know. It doesn't make sense for that to be the case anymore, obviously. It didn't make sense for it to be the case back then either, because if you've got 10 workers and five of them are out sick, well, you still have the same amount of work that has to be done, but now you're paying five workers time and a half and mm-hmm. you're and the boss now is, is losing money because they didn't take steps to prevent people from getting sick or to uh, mediate the problem before it turns into a disaster. Yeah, exactly. And here we are with the disaster. Yeah. And... Uh, it's people have people that will say that you know it will be taken advantage of most systems if there's a loophole people will find it sure but i would like to believe and many people could probably prove me wrong on this that if there's a system in place where you have some sort of safety net and there's an accountability to you and your company i think those systems are less likely to be abused because you know Companies are able to handle that by their own discretion. So if there's a worker that's an issue, they can get rid of that worker for sure. Uh, but, you know, it. I feel like it would be more worthwhile for companies to invest in their employees, as we've seen, especially with companies that are making an absurd amount of money. I won't go into, you know, talks versus socialism and whatever. I think people have, have heard enough about that Certainly, this year. Yeah. But there is a point where if you're not paying people some sort of reasonable livable wage for the amount of work that they're doing, I don't really know how we've gotten away from a meritocracy and some rights. There's some good things and some bad things about you know being in a merit-based position, but there's also needs to be accountability for people that are making a large amount of money that do not incentivize anything and you're not even making a livable wage and you're expected to work an absurd amount of hours a week where you're not allowed to do anything else but work. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, that's just an example of, of corporate overlords doing the very bare minimum, right. you know? And I, I think that there's, there's been studies that show too that, you know, in that, that same type of company, like you end up losing productivity on, on the one hand because people get sick and mm-hmm. then they have to, they have to leave or then they quit and then you have to spend more on training mm-hmm. or there's a lot of stealing that happens too when it, the employees don't feel like they're being taken care of right. because they feel more desperate. Yeah, exactly. I saw a story my brother read to me just the other day how there was an, uh, a factory. I don't know if it was an Apple factory of phones. Uh, like like production like factory or something in China is something overseas where none of their workers got paid, which if you're manufacturing phones, I think I, I don't want spread in from misinformation. It might've been, it was a phone company that yeah. mass produces phones and uh, these workers didn't get paid and they just weren't giving them any explanation. So these workers overturned the factory. Yeah. And I, and in you my head, I'm thinking, yeah, like what, in what world, especially in the industry of mass production, that is, you know, a, the cell phone industry, how do you justify not paying your people that are keeping you afloat? Without what is those- going on in their head? Do you think they're going to just pull the curtain over these yeah. people? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, people are not stupid. Yeah. People were not born yesterday. You can't just pull a fast one on them, especially in this day and age where we have so much, you know, proposed transparency where you're able to see whether you, you know, like a company has money or not. It's like, this isn't the dark ages anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That is ridiculous. I can't even imagine what the fuck that person must've been thinking. (laughs) Like, Oh, like, Oh, you know, let's just, let's just try it this week. We're just not going to pay anyone for a week. And and if they complain too much, then okay, we'll throw them a few dollars. One week goes by it's silent. Another week goes by it's silent. They think they're getting away with it, but really there's a silent uprising building because everyone's talking because they have the time now because they're desperate. And yeah. they're making overthrowing your factory their number one priority. Right. As they should. And I think that 
in its case is is i don't know if i could get into trouble for saying that but i think it's justifiable i think any common sense scenario where you're going to be expected to work and then not be paid when that's precisely the reason you signed up to work in the first place and I, I I'd, I'd love to see you at a table with a sign that says, I think people should get paid for the work they do. Change yeah. my mind. Yeah. Like, I, who the fuck's going to take the opposite side? I don't know side. how you can dispute that. I really don't know you how you can You can't take the that. opposite side and, and also be uh, anti-slavery. Yeah. You know? Right. It's <laughs> so, like, because then you get to that point where you'll contradict yourself into a circle. And yes. you'll probably just feel dumb. Which yeah. is how I do. I mean, I do, I do that often. But it's, it's crazy to me that on something that is so essential as that, getting paid for the work you do. It's, just, it's still yeah. happening. Right. It's, Fuck. It's, it's crazy that in this day and age, it's still happening. Right. With industries like that, that are, you know, monoliths in my eyes, where they have billions and billions of dollars to go around. It, uh, it does boggle the mind. Yeah. That's so like, like, I mean, I think like McDonald's employs, um, enough employees over the entire world to out, uh, to, to have like three to one against the entire U S military industrial complex. All the, all the military branches combined are still three times smaller than the amount of employees that McDonald's had. That's crazy. Which makes you go like it. McDonald's is like a country in, in itself. It's like, it has a whole army in right. itself. They're not militarized, but right. like that's a lot of responsibility. Absolutely. And one thing, uh, I, I, I saw the other day, I was actually reminded when I went to the drive through, I sat I looked at McDonald's benefits and they offer more benefits like parenting, some sort of like, like they have like a daycare program, at least for the, um, the hometown that I lived in where I was at this McDonald's. Uh, you can, if you're a manager, like if you want to scale up, there's plenty of scalable options and they're actually like trying to move towards taking care of their workers, which was wow. a big deal, you know, a couple of years ago, especially people were still very uh, passionate about the the wage raise which i totally understand um but yeah i was i was surprised at some of the opportunities that they give and they're a fast food company which most people would think that fast food is just a temporary industry or a temporary job for some people but there are people that make long-term careers out of being in fast food and there's nothing wrong with that and it's nice to see that you know if you're taking management positions or like you know positions of large responsibility that they're trying to be compensated and that they're making those necessary steps. And I don't know if people necessarily know that if, because you know, there's so much stuff that's out on the media today. You can't address every problem, but um, it was a big deal. And I remember being very passionate about people that were asking for livable wages from these companies. And that's a whole debate in itself, but it was just interesting for me to see that like, wow, they're, they're trying to make a move and, that is and it's okay some to acknowledge that. Yeah. Right. And that's progress. I think that is some progress where you're offering, you know, 401k matching for a management position and you're offering, you know, 40 to $50,000 a year base salary. And that's, that is remarkable. I don't know if anyone would have ever expected that, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and Taco I'm, Bell is offering, um, I think they did it in a hundred thousand different locations across uh, the U S there was one Taco Bell here in Lawrence that was doing it. A manager position hundred thousand dollars annual salary wow that is something yeah like that that can just imagine what you could do for your family like if you had a family you know like last we didn't we don't have christmas presents you know this year because you know the pandemic hit the economic recession and 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 all the rest uh of the chaos but you you land a position working at taco bell and yeah you're working probably 50 hours minimum a week they own you for a hundred thousand right but you get to push that button, pay me, exactly. pay me motherfucker. Six figures right. where everyone's getting presents. We're taking a trip to the beach this yeah. year. And that, what that does for the outlook. Right. And, and that's one thing I wish media pushed more is like, we always talk about this polarizing factor about how there, there is nothing, there is nothing, but we're never putting a lens on like, Hey, these are opportunities. We have to let people know right. that there are opportunities here. And that's very, it's very important because yeah. I know that a lot of, I'm very blessed to work for a company that's taking care of me and is doing what they can. And that is so important to your morale as a person to, you know, financial stability. We have to play the game that is paying our bills and, you know, that's our financial responsibility. And people work insane hours a week to try and meet those responsibilities. And sometimes you can't. And it's, it's funny to me that it's the end of the world when you can't, but I like seeing that, 
you know, there are companies that are taking steps to try and do whatever they can to help their workers and to help those people. And that's important. And I wish that we had a little bit more of a lens shown on things like that, because people, if you don't know that there's opportunity out there, then how can you take it? You know, and that's where we talk about education and information is so important. And in the days where we feel like we're the most educated, it's like, all we talk about is bullshit. <laughs> Even in an age when we're, we're super educated, we're talking about bullshit because yeah. we're afraid to talk about what we're being educated about too. Right. Like the fact that you felt passionate about seeing people speak up about wanting a living wage is something I think that a lot of us have been thinking about for a while mm-hmm. and have not really had the guts to say, but I think that the reason we're a little afraid is because we live in a country where you know, every quarter you get a, a work review and if you speak up and, and, and say something negative about the boss, you know, and yeah. another round, another round of layoffs come up, then you should yeah, be fearing you, your job. Right. So we live, we live in a, in a world where if, you, if there's something wrong with the company, shut the fuck up and don't say anything about exactly. it. Exactly. Then, you, yeah. yeah, precisely. It's, it's the way that it seems like the world is ran. Right. And it's, it's always appalling to me. That when you're playing with people's lives like that, just how quick people are to, to be insensitive about it. And I don't really know why that is. And, you know, it's, that's, that's over my head and it's a bigger discussion, but I don't think I have all the answers, but I think I I do want to say something about that because I've thought about it recently Mm -hmm. and I think it's years specifically like 30 to 40 years of propaganda that shareholder value is the most important thing you talk to ceos and that's all they care about is what is the shareholder's perception because that's what's going to uh that's what's made layoffs normalized right now so if if instead of it being shareholder value being a number one priority it was uh building a safe workplace where people can feel like they can bring complaints forward and not lose their jobs and feeling like they have a support system. That is something that we should all be envisioning and striving towards because that is going to lead to more productivity. Uh, This one CEO I I was just reading about laid off no one during the pandemic because he spoke with every single employee and every single region Mm -hmm. and everyone was, everyone agreed to take a pay cut a little, everyone was gonna make a little bit less, but productivity still went back up. Right. And now everyone's gotten raises again above to where they were before. No one lost their jobs. And of course the shareholders were pissed, Right. but now they're they're reinvesting. And the ones who, who dropped out in the beginning, they're, they're banging their heads on the table because they didn't see the long game. Exactly. Of treating people like humans. Exactly. I don't have all the answers. A lot of it goes over my head, but fuck dude, that it's the propaganda of it's easy to get caught in like, the, the shareholder. Thing, yeah. You know? And what people don't understand is you are the consumer and yes. without these businesses, they do not function without right. you. They do not function. If you actively participate in not using a service or a business, then that, that, <laughs> they that don't have control volumes. over yeah. you. And if everyone hops on the same bandwagon of not participating in a company that they don't believe is ethical, they can potentially ruin that company. And I don't think that people really understand how much power they have, because like you said, we're so ingrained in this propaganda that shareholders are the only thing that matters and you can't offend the company and the company is bigger than you, but, but you the, are the company, but you are the company, you are the company and, and you're, you're making a move just as much as the consumer makes it move. Everyone in the background doing the little jobs makes it move. And, right. and if either one of those parties join together or join together themselves too, to, to, to stick it to the man, right. then it can happen. Just exactly. like in that, 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 uh, that place where they were building cell phones, yeah. that factory. I could not think of the word factory. Exactly. And it, it speaks volumes, it speaks volumes about the people that are running those things. And, uh, we need more transparency. We need more transparency. We need more, um, CEOs like that one who was able to, to cooperate, cooperatively mm-hmm. find a solution that works yeah. for everyone because behind all the numbers on, on the New York stock exchange are human lives. And we have taken the humanity out of, out of being human. And that the pandemic has been a slap in the face to prove that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it frustrates me to no end. And it, it makes me very appreciative that I found myself in a position where um, I have a company that is willing to take care of me and is willing to make those decisions because it's very hard in this day and age to find someone like that, to find 
a corporation and I'm not, you know, like we've talked about, I'm not super pro corporation. I think people deserve a livable wage. People deserve to be, you know, they, they deserve something. They deserve to be paid for the work that they've done. And uh, it's not acceptable to accept anything lower than that. You know, like it is unacceptable. They're like, you mean to tell me that millennials don't just want avocado toast and bean bags? Man. They want a safe workspace and a livable wage? What <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Are you telling me that I can, I can have, you want a safe space. <laughs> you want to live a healthy life. Access to water. Too much. Slow Jesus. Down. And a paycheck? Come on. Like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. What too. am I made of billions of dollars? Yes, I am. Yeah, right. It makes me feel for all my friends and, and people that I don't know, and people that I see that are constantly struggling. I don't know what to do about it, but I have a feeling that something is going to change soon. And I hope it's for the better. I can only hope because, you know, the people have the power. People have the power to have a voice and they can try as much as they want to take it away from you and to, you know, spin it into a, a topic or a narrative that completely detracts from the very reason you were speaking out in the first place. But you have the power and people have a lot more power than they think. So Absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. just got to put that belief in themselves. Th thank you, Dalton, for coming by today. I, uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. I got to use the restroom. Um, yes, good, uh, but we'll definitely be doing this again soon. Hopefully you'll have a, a, a weekend available because Matt and George fell through, mm -hmm. um, for completely safe and valid reasons, but dude, it's been great catching up with you. Yeah. I have had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to coming back. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Sounds good. That was fun, dude. That was really fun. I love that.